Deke Shock. Deke Shock. Deke Shock. What a Ferengi response. Yeah. Wow. And then, you know, proportionally the ears. Man, I got lots of antenna comments. It was. You know, they ever touch them? They ever want to lick them? Uh, no, actually, it's amazing how how few uh, people ever give a sh In three years, one time somebody reached for the antenna. So I got smacked on my yes. pleather covered yeah, I mean, yeah. ass more than people <laughs> grabbed got my his antenna. ears ripped off. I was there for that. Oh, Welcome, folks. It is Geek Shock number 84. I am Master Torgo. I am Dr. Vlargan and Beanie. 80s Jeff. Commander K. And just Michael. <clears throat> and you, yeah, you're. you're Rockin' the beanie! You're amazing man. DJ Dr. Vlog in the house, yo! I'm amazed it even fits in that thing. It's, <laughs> it's a guitar hero beanie. It's a rather small beanie, and it keeps wanting to shove off my head or something. I don't well, know. Well, yeah, your, your, your big head? Your, your angry mane head. is pushing against it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just having a bad hair day. You need it, to wrap the, the tail around the chin and back over the top to hold it down. You are there a you bad go. hair day. <laughs> All I can imagine under there is this weaved bag of violence. No, it's just... Oh, 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 my God. Put it back on, please. Tame the beast. Tame the beast. I can see my reflection in that shine. I told you. Let your soul glow. Wash your hair for one day, and this is what happens. Spend a little time outside. Dirt. Horrible city. Anyway. All right. Before we go into our geekiness, you know, we talked last week about the lion tacos. We were talking about our. Our more exotic meats, what we'd like to see. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to throw out there, uh, uh, F. Andrew Taylor, he wrote that a friend of his had some capybara. What the hell is that? Yeah. That is this uh, African, I believe it's African, African, uh, looks like a giant chipmunk with a rectangle head. I think it's South uh, American. Okay. Is it South American? I think capybara that's is South that's, uh, Okay. Yeah, that South American dog that they, uh, they the tick the, you, the, the tick yeah. head is a pet. Yeah? yeah? That's yeah. a pet? It's an urban legend that said that some people adopted a capybara as a, a thinking it was a dog, and it's actually a rodent. So yeah, it's definitely a rodent. Doesn't look like a dog. Didn't the tick do that? On yeah, the, I was on just that's, that that's, that's what. <laughs> hey, just Michael. That's he's right. here. Wow. Apparently, I did not hear you. Sorry. I'm talking about Barry. Jeff has got the memory of a goldfish. And, <laughs> <No>. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff's memory. I swear, your memory is priced. That's what Deb says. I don't get it. <laughs> So thank you, F. Andrew. We, I appreciate you sharing that. Yes, I, 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 if, if nothing else, it made me go out and find out what a capybara was. Um, <laughs> I, I, I told him his, the, the F apparently stands for fact check. It's fact check Andy. <laughs> I, uh, I've always wanted to go to Peru, and in Peru they eat guinea pig. And, you know, oh, really? That's, that's would, one of the things I'm looking forward to doing is eating one of my I would have a guinea pig taco. Bits. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Gotta try it. Anything once in a taco. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, gentlemen, geeky stuff. What'd you do? I bought Red Dead Redemption. Finally, Jesus, Ooh, loving it. Yeah, about time you loved it. Want to go get a cowboy hat? And a yeah, horse. game of the year for last year for most things. Hey. But, but you know what? Better late than never. Mm -hmm. And it's a fine game. Very fine game. Hell yeah, it is. Rockstar at their finest. I think actually that's probably my favorite game from them. Yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty good. Till L.A. I'm, Noir comes out. Boy, well, I have yeah, such a high I'm, expectation I'm, on that. Looks I'm, good. I'm, I'm really psyched about that one because I love uh, film noir and it just it just it it wets my whistle. Does it? It does. Ah. Wow. Yeah. At least it's just your whistle. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. What other geeky things you do, guys? Anybody? 
I did some computer work and got paid for it. Okay, that's geeky. Yeah. That's always geeky. I, I like when Classic. I get paid to do that work. Huh. No, sorry, my life has been consumed with the Red Dead Redemption. Whoa. That's and as it should be, as it should be. I uh, got uh, Dead Space two, <laughs> and proceeded to play Mass Effect two instead. <laughs> yeah, that's a job. That's it. That's all I've done. When really you should be playing pinball because I beat one of your scores. You did. You beat one table of mine, Whoa. so you're, you're back in that. But, but are you even close to becoming the pinball king again? Uh, yes, because I got close on uh, Bull, Rocky and Bullwinkle. You got close? I got close. How far away are you? I don't know, but I got close. Yeah? Look forward to it. Although, you know what? I've befriended other people since, you know, I'm no longer the king of my scores because some really? people out there are fucking insane. That guy <laughs> multi-force or whatever? I don't know if I'm multi-force in there, but Crazy. all I know... <laughs> uh, there's this Whoa. girl, Mary, I don't want to give out her full thing, but, uh, but uh, she's got some amazing scores. So... So you, know, you are no longer my my target. I, I've forgotten about you. You have been discarded. You're my Ouch. only target. I skip by everyone else in the leaderboards and I look, where is Master Torgo? Okay, I don't need to play this game because I'm already ahead of him in this game. I only play the ones where I'm not ahead of you so as to maximize my efficiency. Yes, there you go. That's uh, I wish you luck. Mm-hmm. You'll need it. Wow. Good luck. <clears throat> All right. Well, since that's all the geekiness I see, I guess has happened in this room. Oh, all right, all right, oh wait, wait. Right, okay, you right, got something. Right. I uh, I went out and bought Blood of Ambrose by James Ing. Okay. Uh, Ing is um, <clears throat> it's kind of funny to call him an up and coming writer because he actually uh, is not. Uh, he's been writing for a long time, but only lately has the market been interested in what he writes, which is basically sword and sorcery. Okay. So I think okay. I mentioned his book I, before. Cause, I think so because uh, I, I read Wolf Age. Yeah, I remember you bringing and, that up. And so uh, I've now bought Blood of Ambrose and I've started that. And that was actually uh, the one of the earlier novels he put out. And that uh, it's the guy is awesome. So if you have a love for sh- sword and sorcery in any way, shape, or form, I recommend you look for James Ing, uh, E N G E, Blood of Ambrose, This Crooked Way, and The Wolf Age. Nice. So, are those all related stories, or are they different? It's all the same character, Morlock Ambrosius, which is sort of like an alternate reality son of Merlin, okay. and his depiction of Merlin is very cool, and this character Morlock is actually very, very cool. So sweet. Nice. You know, actually, uh, one other thing, I guess, kind of geeky. Uh, a friend of mine got me a book that uh, Cracked.com put out a book. You, you might be a zombie. And essentially, it's, you know, the great list that Crack does. Essentially, yeah. those style lists that have not been published on their online. So it's a hmm. book full of those. Oh, cool. Brilliant stuff. Wow. All the way through. It's probably going to make a future show, but I've also been reading that. So that's been fun. Nice. Lots Very of fun. Very cool. I'm going to give a quick shout out to uh, The Oatmeal. The Oatmeal? The Oatmeal.com. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to oatmeal, and, and I'm going to give a shout out to French toast. Then, yeah. so say, is it the right thing to do and a tasty way to do it? <laughs> it's made of grain. <laughs> no, uh, I bought a poster from the oatmeal and put it on my wall. It's uh, okay. the how a web design goes straight to hell. This guy oh, okay. has some yeah. great stuff, and he's just released a book: um, Five Reasons to Punch a Dolphin in the Mouth. <laughs> so, nice. uh, you I have sold already. Wow. Oh, dude, his comics are hilarious. <laughs> so that's it. All right, well, you know what? Let's go at news you don't give a shit about. Because we, we have a special ending for everybody today. For the big list, uh, we uh, we came up with something special. So look yes. forward to that yeah. later on. We, we worked hard. 
Our yes. versus special, That's if you will. We right. it, if you will. Break out the bike helmets and ice cream because it's special. <laughs> and get the ice packs ready because you're going to be doing a lot of face palming. Okay, oh. all right. <laughs> really? Yeah. Stay up all night thinking of that one? Well, no, actually, it actually just came to me. Thanks for bringing that down, 80s. I thought yeah. I had something good Where's there. Paul? <laughs> well, I was only specifically referring to my own. So oh, okay. I, I, that says nothing about the creativity of the rest of this group. But all right. If they're uh, anything like me, then, you know, you're, you're screwed. I'm pretty sure there's going to be. All right. Boy, this, do I look forward the, to your pitches. Wow. Right. Our viewers now, are now, sure pumped now. Suck, so. <laughs> now, this is going to suck, so bear, bear with me. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. I like how you set the bar low. Is this a big list or a date? <laughs> oh, news you don't give a shit about. All right. Now, this, this is an actual thing happening at an actual college, all right? All right. Ohio State University is teaching sparkly tween paranormal romance Twilight as part of an honors literature course. Oh. <laughs> Taken from the actual course's syllabus, right here. While we read and discuss some important influential narratives about supernatural, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Henry James' The Turn of the Screw, and Stephanie Meyer's Twilight, as well as a few minor works, we will also explore how these texts, much like other fiction, try to create particular reading experiences as they push us to consider the nature and importance of literary imagination and the way fiction's seductiveness is tied to other potentially dangerous attractions. I call bullshit. Wow. Well, it's just the fact that <clears throat> it's that with, you know, yes. Frankenstein, Dracula, and Turn of the Screw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Wow. How do you put those in the same category? It's tweeny <laughs> romance. <laughs> that it was, it was mentioned in the description as having literary value. It, it, they should have just said how to make money with this crap. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, that, really? That's what the course is teaching. So there this you go. Other, this stuff made money. Ohio State. There you go. How, how to make money with your... Maybe, you know, maybe that's a part of it, though. Maybe it is, you know, a lot of colleges out there hurting. You know, our colleges here in Las Vegas are the same way. So maybe to get more people to come and sign up for the class, you know, yeah, let's, let's make it Twilight-centric, and then maybe we can foister some of this other stuff we used to teach. Right. Girl. <laughs> My God. We'll show, the, we'll, we'll show the sparkly vampires at you and then try to teach you something actual, real, and valuable. <laughs> this is what people think vampires are like today. Here's what real vampires are. Now, they if they did that, I could three books it. in. <laughs> <laughs> Do what now? I saw this thing. This, 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 someone stacked the books up, and they, and they said, this is how many pages you have to go through until this couple has sex. And that, it's like three books in or something. Oh, okay, that, that's a very red letter media of you right there. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I mean, I like... Well, it, it might if, be if that's the again. way you learned about it, that's Well, fine. I like just the whole you know, vampires having sex business. That's... Barry, every time you put your head down like that, yeah. your stubble bounces against your microphone, and I just hear... <laughs> Brrr, graf, graf, graf. <clears throat> oh, you dirty bastard. This is why... <laughs> Dirty, grizzly people can't have podcasts. Are your eyes dirty? Why do you have that pulled over your eyes? Are you trying to be the freaking daredevil there or something? What the hell? Oh, I've never we... I never wear a beanie. This Matt is Matt Murdock, podcaster. <laughs> I feel like Mushmouth from uh, Fat Albert. Oh. Maybe, guys, but be happy being. <laughs> Cut some eye holes out for you. Oh, that'd be great. 
Almighty. Meanie. <laughs> oh, news you don't give a shit about. I considered wearing a red derby. Oh, Lord. I would have liked that, actually. I own it. Go for it next time on the. Not that this isn't working for you. It's not. Guitar Hero suits you. <laughs> I know, but this is the only crowd who will accept my eccentricity, so. <laughs> Legendary actress Jane Fonda wants to return to one of her early signature roles in a sequel to Barbarella. Oh, God. And she says she has some ideas on how to make it work. The 73-year-old Fonda, who has two Academy Awards and a boatload of exercise videos under her belt, told Hero Complex, quote, I have a dream to do a sequel to Barbarella, not a remake, a sequel. Look, I get stupped by a blind angel, okay? Let's just take it from there, unquote. Now, in the 1968 cult classic, based on a series of French sci-fi comic books, Barbarella does do the nasty with a winged alien hunk who looks a lot like an angel. She also gets it on with a number of other extraterrestrial males and even defeats a machine that is programmed to make her orgasm until she dies. Fonda didn't elaborate on where she would take Barbarella's story, but she insists she's serious about doing the movie, saying, quote, I think it could be funny and feminist, unquote. And she's 73. Yeah. That's well, now what, I have that's to cross really that cool. off my verses. Oh, oh snap. <laughs> cock blocked by Fonda. Because <laughs> Fonda has a cock. What? <laughs> what? What? She's pretty hot in Barbarella. She, you know what? Barbarella. I, she I, was smoking. I count myself a big fan of Barbarella. It is one of my first cinematic boobs. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. One of the first ones I saw. But uh, Holy cow. Was that movie almost 50 years ago? <laughs> Why were you there at the opening? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just trying to remember because it, it was in the '60s, yeah, and oh, yeah. she was in her 20s when she did it. Right. She's 73 now. Yeah, 1968. Jesus. Yeah, you, Where is the time? You okay, go? Jim. Right. <laughs> but now go out and find it. It's a great campy little sci-fi piece of. I don't hesitate to call it erotica, but but it is a lot of fun. It's good. It's and I like... wouldn't mind seeing a sequel. I just don't think I want her to play the role <laughs> right. anymore. It would really depend on what she's doing. Like she's That's... trying to mentor Barbarella Jr. Or I'd be all something. right. I'd be all right in that regard. But yeah, she, yeah if she wants to. Who would play Barbarella yeah. Jr.? Uh, I don't know. Get some French girl. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's someone unknown. Exactly. You don't want to take the spotlight from Jane. Yeah. Emmanuel versus Barbarella. <laughs> oh, no way. We're not I think he already yet. crossed yeah. that off. Is it? Yeah. By the way, there's another one off my list. Side note, uh, uh, Todd, uh, um, one future episode, we ought to do a list of first cinematic boobs. That's fun. That's, 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 that's a fine idea, actually. See, thanks. Now know. I'm going to be thinking about that. Because <laughs> I can't remember. Like our own personal experiences of that? Or yeah. are you talking about like yeah. actors yeah, slash actresses first? No, because no, they've no. written books on that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, really. That's yeah. what I. That's and the ones that used to stare at the at the at the at the, at the, at the dirty channels through the squiggly the lines, lines, the wavy lines, wavy yeah. lines. Yeah. they don't count. Guilty. Yeah, right. Right. yeah no, well, you break it down. Cable, cinema, VHS, the works. Spectrovision oh. back in the day yeah. where you could you could put on the porn channel, and if you pushed another channel real quick, you got about 10 seconds of porn <laughs> before it flipped back, and it wouldn't charge you. Awesome. My first porno by Master Torga. <laughs> wow, this is, oh boy, this will be fun. I'm going to think about that. Anywho. All right, all right. So that's how we feel about Barbarella. All right. It, it gave us a future list. All right. And finally, news you don't give a shit about. All right. This is a little long, but 
Necessary. Necessary. All right. Let me fasten the seatbelt for this one. Please Anyone please can play D&D who can get their hands on a rule book and a set of dice. Except for Kevin T. Singer, a prisoner in Wisconsin's Wapun Correctional Institution, who in 2008 had his D&D materials confiscated. Uh, Singer, imprisoned for bludgeoning his sister's boyfriend to death with a sledgehammer, has sued the facility, facility for violating his First Amendment rights, but... On January 25th, 2010, the U.S. Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals upheld the ban because the prison believes D&D promotes gang-related activity. Doesn't it? Take a look at Barry. (laughs) He's wearing the beanie. That's right. A DM right there, man. According to the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, when Captain Morosky, the prison gang specialist, testified, quote, he explained that the policy was intended to promote prison security Security because cooperative games can mimic the organization of gangs and lead to the actual development thereof. Moraski elaborated that during <clears throat> D&D games, one player is denoted the Dungeon Master. The Dungeon Master is tasked with giving directions to other players, which Moraski testified mimics the organization of a gang. In an article from <laughs> Above the Law, Ellie Mistal says it best, quote, Look, I know the title Dungeon Master sounds scary and important, but don't let the words confuse you. We're talking about a guy who sits around all day drawing maps and debating whether a cloak of anti-venom can protect you from fictional rat bite. Unquote. It can't. Exactly, because that's a cloak versus disease. We all know this. If you were around in the 1980s, you would recall the public's fear that D&D led to mass criminal activities and or psychiatric disorders. As with heavy metal music, comic books, and video games, these fears did not come to fruition. Yeah, spoiler alert, they don't. But... That was awesome. But it seems... <laughs> he has redeemed himself, yes. ...that these prejudices still exist, despite the fact that many of these former D&Ders went on to become happy, productive members of society, and others even created our current technology revolution. The Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals quoted cases in which extreme escapism fostered by D&D led to murder or suicide and resulted in offenders' imprisonment. However, none of these cases dealt with inmates currently trying to rehabilitate. And ultimately, the Seventh Circuit ruled in favor of holding the ban because none of Singer's witnesses could prove that D&D didn't ultimately lead to forming gangs. (laughs) Prove that eating bananas doesn't ultimately lead to forming gangs. Come on. Same argument. I can only imagine in the prison system, the biggest, baddest, toughest guy is going to end up being the dungeon master. (laughs) Are you kidding me? That guy is the guy begging the dungeon master, please! Please bring Ragnar back to life. I gotta tell you, if I were in prison, the first thing I'd be carving out of soap. The 20-slider. <laughs> okay. I used to game with a guy who learned D&D while in jail. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? And he, he, uh, they had paper dice. They uh, oh, okay. would origami paper into dice. That's awesome. And then, yeah. and then play in their That's during, a little interesting. During the, I guess dice the break are considered time. gambling. And real games. easy to wait. No. Yeah. There's a reason to shank somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you just rolled three yeah. 20s in a row. You're fucking cheating. <laughs> if you're a DM and you total party kill, you best watch yourself. <laughs> yeah. You guys will be fighting rats. You watch yourself in the laundry later on, boy. <laughs> it's Don't. the voice. Uh, it's... <laughs> 
The mm. Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals also writes, D&D can, quote, foster an inmate's obsession with escaping from real life, correctional environment, fostering hostility, violence, and escape behavior, which in turn can compromise not only the inmate's rehabilitation and effects of positive programming, but also endanger the public and jeopardize the safety and security of the institution. Positive. They still feel Real. like they're Real. rehabilitating people? Yeah. Yeah, really. Bullshit. Frankly, I think it's just them trying to take away something that this inmate really enjoys because let's face it, he did something horrible. It's well yeah, yeah. he did something horrible, but they're 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 trying to ban something they don't quite understand. Yeah. Which, you know, hello <laughs> the <laughs> world for You know, D and D is rehabilitation. He what did he go to jail for? Uh, Bludgeoning his someone with a sledgehammer? His uh, sister's boyfriend if I read right. He if he played D and D he would know better. He would know that the sledgehammer is a heavy weapon, and it probably has a. It's a. There. It's probably a D twelve. It's a heavy two-handed right? weapon. Yeah. Yeah. But he'd be much better off with a one-handed weapon. Much slower not speed a, to, to yeah, attack with. Not a with. blunt one with a with a sharp one. So he would learn something. However, he gets an automatic attack if the original offender is incapacitated. So. Yeah, but you, you have to incapacitate <clears throat> them first. And I don't think he was in a party when this happened. No, I don't so know. I don't know the the combat pieces advantage. of the case, but yeah. <laughs> However, what about sanctioned D&D events? What if the dungeon master was somebody not in the jail? Like like part of the rehabilitation. Uh, well, they they said like, like it, it, it also fosters es- escape and you know, god forbid they they should for uh, for an hour or two are. forget they're in jail. You know, you don't so. even need materials. All you need yeah. is some, like some kind of die. Right. And yeah. we can just create a well, system. some kind of randomizer. But you know what? Fact. By this same argument, they should ban fiction books yeah. from the jail. Yeah, oh, there's plenty that they should also. Yeah, they definitely can't read the kind of money. Well, Crystal. well, did, did you hear them? <laughs> Cooperative games foster a gang environment. So get only competitive games where everybody <laughs> yeah. is vying against each other, because that promotes rehabilitation in prison. No more basketball. Mm-hmm. No more. Baseball. That's right. Football. There's an yeah. old Dennis Miller joke about a warden taking away a weight room uh, from the gangs uh, uh, f- pertaining to some punishment thing. And he said, but uh, the warden was still encouraging the, uh, the, the old school sodomize the new fish. <laughs> <coughs> I guess they'll just yeah. have to go back to playing Shank the Fink, I guess. Yes. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Lame. And that's all the shit dues. Well, maybe not. Oh, I, I put oh, a maybe not. And I'm going to go ahead and say we're, we're officially starting Weekend Geek right here. But this one could go either way for most people. It's right. awesome. At the same time, not. Well, you know what? There's an odd number of us, so we could put it to a vote. All right. <clears throat> that's good. Okay. Vote on this. Where all does right. it belong? Spider-Man. William Shatner <laughs> is, awesome. is yeah. working with guitarist Zach Wilde. Awesome. Former axe man of Ozzy and Black Label Society on a new album to come out later this year called Seeking Major Tom, a collection of rock covers, which the former Captain Kirk will be doing vocals. Oh come on, <laughs> this is great! What about yes. this? How could you possibly awesome. say we don't care? Because some people just don't like it. It's no, just the right amount of wrong. That's, awesome. that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, that's good. According to the guys at Fear.net, one of the songs will be Black Sabbath's Iron Man. <laughs> nice. Another one will be Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh my! Yes. Oh my God! Is he Although, going to wait? Is he going to sing them or is he going to talk them? Well, he's going to talk them. It's Shatner. He's going to Shatnerize it. Although, if I well, could, well, yeah. if Let I could, go, if I could get the copy of the video of Torgo and I doing Bohemian Rhapsody, 
I think we could give Shatner a run for his it's money. It's pretty damn cool. I, 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 must I will see about trying to get that up on the website. Please sometime. do, and I want to oh, hear please this do. album. Oh Later God. this year, huh? And also, we can <laughs> only assume by the name of the album, you know, uh, Seeking Major Tom, that... David Bowie's Space Oddity will probably be in there somewhere, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. So later on this year, uh, again, it's going to be called Seeking Major Tom. But Zach Wilde, a part of it. That's that's, uh, that's, really that's some awesome. rock cred. Yeah, that's, that's, Which um, makes me wonder. Is, I mean, like, he uh, Shatner has some musical background. Is he going to try to No, he's going to do what he's always done. Does, I think yeah. He's going to do what he's always done. He's always yeah. been good about not taking himself seriously. Yes. Which... He's going to do that Shakespearean delivery oh, yeah. of pop songs. He's going to oh, do yeah. the same thing he did with Ben Folds and the, on the, yeah. the Has Been album. Which also yeah. is a great album. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. phenomenal. Well, the, the the end of Free Enterprise, when, yeah. he, when he raps <laughs> Julius Caesar. Yeah. That was fucking amazing. Yeah. That was flat out fucking amazing. I love that whole Shatner can do the whole no movie. Wrong. He's obsessed with doing a musical Julius Caesar, and it's up being a rap. <laughs> oh, All right. Time. So officially, I guess that weighs weak and geek then, because I think it's a unanimous yeah, yeah. vote. I, 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 I say the EA, sir. How could you say that wasn't cool? All I know. It's a pox on you for having any doubt. Wow. All right. <laughs> I'm the asshole. I'm <laughs> right. you, sir. Yes. What else is new? <laughs> Todd did it. <laughs> All right. This last week, the bill HR 400 was introduced to the House of Representatives by Joe Baca of California. If passed, the bill would mandate warning labels similar to the ones found on cigarette boxes on video games deemed likely to influence aggressive behavior. The bill was previously introduced in 2009, but didn't make it past the subcommittee stage. While the exact text of the bill has been yet to be released to public, if uh, Baca's past initiatives are any indication... Games rated T for teen or higher will carry a warning label along the lines of Warning. Excessive exposure to violent video games and other violent media has been linked to aggressive behavior. But it hasn't. That's fucking bullshit! <laughs> I want to bust his face! I mean, I, 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 can, see, gamer. I can see with the, the cigarette thing because, well, there have been scientific studies that have shown that there are health risks to smoking. But the whole premise is... Based on no real scientific studies. Well, we'll keep an eye on this bill, see where yeah. it goes. But I just want to let you know that it's out there. It's back on the table. I mean, hello, we reviewed on the show Grand Theft Childhood. Yeah. Right there is, is all the... I mean, it, it just gets me that there's study after study that show that there is no link between violent behavior and people playing aggressive video games, yet they still continue to believe... That there is. It's right. like, well, that's like, because there are bias based people paying for particular studies that cherry pick information. Out there. There's a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you ask some of the people in jail, you know, who committed violent crimes, did you play any video games? Yes. Oh, violent games. No, but yeah, I played Dungeons like... and Dragons. They took it away. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what one of the studies was? I read about this in a book I read years ago. They actually had the kids playing video games. They sat them down in the room. They they let them play for an hour, and then suddenly they took away the video game and observed their behavior. That'd be the fool. I I shit you not. <laughs> but I'd do the they same did. if they took my book I was reading too. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You know, take anything. Take Candyland away. Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I get pretty angry when my Xbox freezes up. There you well. Go ahead, take Barry's beanie away and see what happens. Yeah, right. Oh, it's mine. Yeah. Barry's angry anyway. Though. <laughs> oh yeah, there is that. There is. Look at the angry face. Amazon released its quarter, quarterly report for the end of last year and says that for every 100 books sold on its site, it sells 115 Kindle book, 
ebooks. Now, this doesn't include ebooks that are offered for free. The Kindle device, which costs over $100, topped the sales of the last Harry Potter book, which sells for about $22 in hardcover and $10 in paperback. And ironically, none of the Harry Potter books are available as ebooks. So, yeah, mm. Kindle last, uh, last quarter outsold Harry Potter. Wow. Interesting. But saying that book's been out for a while, how many people out there are still buying well, yeah. new copies of your Harry Potter? Well, there is that. <clears throat> and people are just starting to buy you the Kindle. You're going to get your early adopters boosting your sales. And... Mm-hmm. I do like the Kindle, though. I'm starting to warm up to it big time. Really? Because yeah. I would have expected you to be the type of person where you absolutely need a book. Well, it just wouldn't replace them. It would be in addition to. Yeah, it'd be, you know, for something for I, the road. I would still <clears throat> buy books, but I would also get ebooks. I like the idea of reading my newspaper through that because I do read a lot of we- newspapers in the week and I throw away a lot of newspaper every week. Yeah, we get the newspaper every day and we don't really want it. But we yeah. Plus, it. with an electronic newspaper, you'd have more up-to-date information because, let's face it, by the time the newspaper hits your doorstep... It's 24 to 48 hours old, the yeah. news, the information that's in there. But the Kindle, isn't it just black and white? It is just black and white. It is. They're, they're working on color. Right. Actually, B&M ones. was just advertising their color nook. Yeah, yeah the, the, the new does two. have color. Well, yeah. well, well color. The, difference, the difference on the two is, is basically the LED screen versus e-ink. The, what I love about the e-ink, the, even though it's black and white, that thing has a 30-day charge on its battery. Well, that's kind of nice. And whereas you have a, a what tops out of eight hours, I think, on the LED yeah, I displays. Think so. That's the thing. So yeah. there, there's that. And let's face it, I would like to get magazine sub- subscriptions on that sort of thing. But that's something I'd buy more on a tablet that was more uh, diverse on what it could do. There's the... color e-ink being worked on that, but, uh, but we're not going to see that for a while. Yeah, it's you're, you're looking at 2012 at the earliest right now because they're right. still they're still working some kinks out. I saw them at CES and. They're getting there. Um, Do the colors I'm look tr- bright or washed out? Well, the, the, the one thing I did notice, and I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, I want to say the company begins with a Q, and I all right, I'm company have to go Q. Look at that, but uh, uh, let's just put in perspective. Last year, when I saw the color e ink, had a very yellow tint to it. Uh, you know, things looked just a little bit off. Okay. Uh, this year, the colors looked fairly accurate. I Is didn't see that. Uh, no, that's that's the point uh, yeah. of doing the color e ink yeah. is that in normal lighting situations, d- daylight, etc., you don't need the backlight. It's got a, like a transflective screen right. on the back, so that and you, I don't like the shine you, of the stuff you get with the the screen yeah. of the the LED screens. It's and better for the would, eyes too. Yeah. yeah, and you would still be able to have that thirty, you know, thirty day usability battery on a battery charge. on a single charge with the color ink. You so can charge that and go on vacation for a month. It's getting wow. there. I, I, I will say that they have made 100% pr- improvement over last year, but it's just not quite there yet. It, How it's long still, is the charge? The colors were accurate. It still looked a little flat. Like, uh, what, five to seven hours, I think, on the iPad? Somewhere around there, yeah. When they make one that has a 30-hour <clears throat> charge. That'll help. Yeah. It'll, it'll cost you an extra 700 for that extra charge. Yeah, that'd be so nice. That's fine. You guys just love your information in the cloud. You see what happens <laughs> when the day comes and you protest the man and the man takes all of your shit off of the cloud because he controls it because the cloud centralizes everything. You wait and see. Well, you're gonna, you're the guy from Twilight Zone. It's going to happen. It's going <laughs> to happen in Egypt. Fine, yeah, that's right. The in Egypt. The there you all go. All the time in the there world. There you go. How far are we from being Egypt? 
Uh, yeah, quite, that's right. You think a, about quite, that. Quite a few hundred miles, actually. Yeah, <laughs> thousands, I think. Yes, thousands. Yeah, that's a quite, that's a few. You hundred. remember that? You remember that? I, I will remember. <laughs> They're gonna pull a thousand th- miles. This episode of Ugly Couch Show Geek Shock will be pulled. It will be one of the first oh, yeah. pulled because I have warned the people. The government wouldn't censor. All right, that's missed. What a soul if it weren't for you drinking. <laughs> well, yeah. Who's talking to that? I didn't know what you're doing. Give me a head next time. Uh, I'll show you how I signed the censor beep. All right. Oh, sad news. Sad news. John Barry, the film score composer best known for his work on the James Bond series, mm-hmm. for which he composed 11 soundtracks, died in New York. Oh. Oh. a sudden heart attack, he was 77 years old. Mm. So, but... Still, what a contribution. Yeah. yeah. It's the most memorable music in my head. Yeah. Still, John Williams yeah. and I guess the Johns. Utterly. Really, John Barry and John Williams. Utterly iconic. Yeah. Utterly. Yeah. Oh, that utterly Goldfinger iconic. soundtrack. Oh, so good. Earth of Kit. Well, that's necessarily her singing it, but the music. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little brash. <laughs> <laughs> From Deadline, Henry Cavill. The veteran of the Condé Monte Cristo, Showtime's The Tudors, and Stardust has been tapped to play Superman in Zack Snyder's new reboot. I heard that. I thought it was going to really? be the guy from True Blood. That's what I was hearing too. But uh, apparently, this is uh, this is the choice. Yeah. I think he was up for it. I think they were considering him. But I don't uh, know why they, uh, I, I'm sure there's reason. My understanding is actually he was in the running back when uh, Brandon Routh got the part. So he was uh, he was even looked at back then. So now he has it. It's his. Wow. He's good. He's a good actor. I He's love a good him actor. It's a good look. It's actually the the look is very good for. Uh, it's not as young looking as Brendan Routh. Brendan Routh looked a little too young for the part. Well, I thought. Yeah. well, well that's Hollywood. Then, yeah. That's freaking Hollywood for you. Yeah. And he was a little thin for the part too. But Superman doesn't have to be huge. But he does have to be kind of. Big. He has to be able to fill the suit out a little. Yeah, Cavill can do that. The other guy can totally do that. What the hell was his name? I don't know. Joe Mantegaglia. Joe Jackson. something. Anyway. What the hell are you talking about? The guy from True Blood, the werewolf, who was going to be super... Yeah, oh. you know, you watch True Blood. Yeah. <laughs> what? Whoa, 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 whoa. What was that? That was a dismissive. <laughs> it's dismissive because I'm about two seasons behind. Oh, catch up, man. I know. I'm trying to, and I try not to watch it when it comes on because I don't want to find out things that oh, I'm not ready to know yet. Oh, God. No. You've been living with Torgo way what? too freaking long. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're, just, you're there now. Oh, I don't watch that because I'm three seasons behind. That's I'm right. You don't want to spoil what's been spoiled anymore. Maybe you should you know, start watching True Blood and stop watching like NCIS or another show you watch. Oh, called Good. out. Good. <laughs> You're like the only Lord. person here who watches that show. Ouch. Probably the hey, only person hey, in this call. Hey, leave the man. He's enjoying his stories. <laughs> <laughs> I love my story. Damn, now I have to lay off of him for... for, for, <laughs> <laughs> for, for no, I don't have to lay off of him for <laughs> Degrassi. No, you don't have to lay off of him for that. No, Degrassi is open season, gentlemen. I get it. Boy, do I get it. Glee. Let's not start. <laughs> the Girl Degrassi Scouts. versus Glee. Ah, speaking of the Girl Scouts. I'm interested have announced the end of five varieties of Girl Scout cookies. Oh. No! no! Girl Scout cookies have been one of the most successful fundraising operations in the United States since 1917. People thought they might be losing out on beloved classics like Tagalongs and Samoas. But Thin Mints, Tagalongs, 
also known as peanut butter patties, Samoas, also known as caramel delights, dosi doughs, lemon cream chalets, and trefoils, aka shortbreads, will all survive the cut. Thank you fucker. Yeah, you, you like that? scared me, you fucker. So Thin mints. They make up 77% of all cookie sales, and now they will be 100% of the sales. The losers are Dolce de Leche. Yeah. Thank you, Barry Munch. All Abouts, a.k.a. Animal Treasures, a.k.a. Thanks a Lot. <laughs> and Sugar-Free Chocolate Chip. What the hell wants sugar-free chocolate chip? That's just chip? it. No one cares about these yeah. losers. That's Dr. Oh. Vlarg will now forevermore be known as Barry Munch. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Barry Munch. <laughs> well, at least while he's wearing the beanie. Yo, here come Barry Munch. <laughs> that's, your yo, street, yo, yo. that's your street name. Yeah, <laughs> man. Don't be fronting on my beanie. Oh, yeah. You know, the Girl Scouts came to my door the other day. I thought they would have warned them against that. Wow. Wow. Really? They opened they, the door? They what? left alive. Yeah. They didn't know about the restraining order? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I saw she was selling cookie she had to be selling cookies because what the hell else are they knocking the door for but she had a like a paper in her hand and i didn't see any damn cookies oh yeah 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 <laughs> so i didn't even answer the door i didn't want to order the cookies and you know, i want them now they don't it. bring but the then oh it gets worse because then like i i watch down uh, her walking away and then i see like her mother carrying a like a box like a whole big so you, you lost your chance. I lost my chance at getting uh, cookies delivered to my door, but you, 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 you had the bitch better have my cookies attitude, and you lost them out. That's yeah. what you get for screening your doors. Yeah. They <laughs> have the Girl Scouts in front of every like supermarket mm, yes. around here. Yes, yes. So yeah. I'll just get them then. Because if get... I miss the Girl Scouts, Deb would have my head. Oh, yeah. I get nailed every time I come out of Sam's Club. It's like they're right there yeah. when I'm walking out. And I can't help but buy like four boxes of Thin Mints. Oh yeah! I just I have to. It's like I see it. And I'm like, where's my wallet? Mm. But it's like before the girls even approach you. It's like as soon as you see the sign, you see the table. The cookies are laid out on the table. It's oh. like, yeah, crush it up into a mint martini. Ooh, yeah. chocolate oh. martini. Yeah, let's do it. Oh my god! Uh, years ago, <laughs> Dairy Queen had this blizzard. Made with the oh the, yeah the, the thin girls, mint the thin cookies yeah. oh. it was so good yeah. and they've never since brought it back. Oh, I, I, I want to go that. up and strangle like the the genius <laughs> that decided to take that off the menu. You must be a gamer. Do you play D and D in prison, sir? Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> sound so angry. <laughs> so angry. <laughs> from you know it's it's vanilla Don't take ice away cream my milkshake. and thin mints in a blender. <laughs> yeah, you know, we can do that. <laughs> not that big a not deal. A big <laughs> deal. That's not the point. <laughs> if I want to go to Dairy Queen and I want to buy a blizzard, I should be able to go buy a blizzard. You pay me, That's I'll right. make you one, you know, bring it over. You want to pay for it? Yeah. yeah well, we'll make it. The bartender will not do it himself. <laughs> hey, I make stuff all day long for other there people. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah, That's right. Said the gynecologist to his wife when he got home. <laughs> I don't want to see another one of those. No. The worst is when you go to the supermarket and they're out front and you go, ooh, I'll get you on the way out because I don't want to put them in my car and let them, you know. And melt. they're gone when you and get out. And they're gone. So I say, how long are you going to be here? Will you be here in one hour? Get those tagalogs, set them aside. They're mine. <laughs> and the little girl cries. Yeah. <laughs> Her like, tears make them taste better. We're leaving in 20 Mommy minutes. Buy it, run back to your car, and run back cry. inside. <laughs> Chinese bloggers accused broadcaster news broadcast a Xinwen Lianbo on Chinese central television for trying to pass off footage from the movie Top Gun 
as footage from a recent Air Force training drill that took place on January 23rd. Awesome. <laughs> the news segment was supposedly reporting that a target was hit by an air-to-air missile causing the explosion. As one may notice, if you look at the screen captures, if you go check it out, both scenes are identical right down to the pattern of fire and placement of debris. <laughs> so basically they said there was a mistake in an Air Force training drill and blew up a plane, but they just showed footage from Top Gun. And then they buzzed the tower. <laughs> right. Yeah. Spilled the coffee and <laughs> international incident. Lame. Hey, remember the crazy frog ringtone fad from the mid-aughts? No, I don't. <laughs> it consisted of a motorcycle noises made by an animated frog. You remember it. The sound behind the magic was made by then 17 year old named Daniel something or other, who posted, I don't give his name, an audio file of himself imitating motorcycles on his website in 1997. In one of the early examples of someone's joke going massively viral, the sound gained popularity in Sweden after he performed it live on Swedish television. But it really took off when a man named Eric Wernquist encountered it on the web and made a frog animation to accompany it. Then, in one of the earlier examples of a company cashing in on someone else's joke gone uh, viral, in 2004, a company called Jamster... That's right. ...licensed the rights to the sound and animation and started marketing it as a ringtone. According to a May 2009 blog post by mobile internet company Bango... Crazy Frog generated sales estimates in excess of $400 million over the course of its life, with up to 50 million users worldwide. Six million in the UK alone downloaded one or more Crazy Frog variants within two years for their phones. Wow. What the hell is wrong with people? <laughs> crazy Frog made nearly half a billion dollars. Wow. And, and my ringtone is... Oh, a lot of times, those ringtones were like a dollar, two dollars a pop. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. That's, wow. That's ridiculous. So, My favorite ringtone is the the one from Guy, the Geico commercial where the boss like, oh, hang on. Ring a ding 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 dong. Ring a ding 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 dong. I have that on my phone. Yeah, you could go to Geico and download it for free. Yeah, you can. Why not? Oh, I paid four hundred million for that. Fuck. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Geico. <laughs> Fifteen minute call could save you. <laughs> <laughs> That, that was, like, spot on, too. Right? Now you're going to have to write in for cash. <laughs> ah. Give us money, please. With the country still reeling after the deadly attacks on their airport, a female suicide bomber was preparing to enter Moscow's Red Square with explosives tra- uh, strapped to her body. But before she even made it out the door, her phone received a text message from her service provider wishing her a happy new year. Unfortunately for her, but fortunately for Moscovites, oh, the God. phone had been wired up as the detonator for her bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Using oh, wow. cell phones as detonators is a fairly widespread practice. Many IEDs in Afghanistan are detonated in this manner, and but it affords handlers of suicide bombers added insurance against cold feet. The leader post also suggests that in addition to preventing the bomber from backing out, Detonating remotely gives terrorists the added advantage of having a handler at a distance judge when the most amount of damage could be inflicted by the blast. 
So, Moscow, thank your lucky stars for those dumb text messages sent out by wireless companies because one of them accidentally detonated a suicide bomber in Russia. That's Holy awesome, man. Well, now phone companies just need to do that at random. Right. Just randomly send out messages all the time. Yeah, really. Sprint said, Happy New Year! <laughs> Boom! Hope you don't blow up! <laughs> oh, if you no. can read this, you are not dead. <laughs> In Soviet Russia. No, no. <laughs> I appreciate you abandoning that one. Yeah. <laughs> As announced by Summit Entertainment yesterday, Eric and John Hober, the writers behind the screenplay of Red, are working scripting a second installment of the story. No word yet on what the sequel entail plot-wise, but anyone who saw the first movie will be aware that it sets up for a sequel. According to MTV, Red quietly made a nice haul at the box office, thus proving its sequel ability. Good. And of course, Good. Red, based on a story by Warren Ellis, so everything by Warren is all right by me. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Wait, I got it. Well, just text message oh. sends you. <laughs> <laughs> You were good. You were good when you let it go, Yakko. <laughs> wow. Boy, you are resist. up and down this evening. Wow. <laughs> Come see me in Branson. <laughs> I perform for you and... and well, at the Yakov Smirnoff Theater in France, Missouri. <laughs> also nights. stay for three ninety nine buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Two shows a night, three nights a week. It's good crap. It's <laughs> not an invitation. <laughs> An anonymous hacker. Call you Boom. Anonymous hacker hacked Facebook CEO's Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook page and left the following message. Let the hacking begin. If Facebook needs money instead of going to the banks, why doesn't Facebook let its users invest in Facebook in a social way? Why not transform Facebook into a social business the way Nobel Prize winner Mohamed Yanis described it? What do you think? Hacker Cup, 2011. Hilariously enough, more than 1,800 people liked the message before Facebook took down Zuckerberg's page. Ah! So yeah, ah. Zuckerberg hacked with his own <clears throat> shit. Awesome. And as Wolverine, Hugh Jackman's a uh, tall, lean muscle machine. However, in oh. Marvel Comics, Wolverine's really quite a short and stocky and very muscular guy. So, for Wolverine, oh, sorry, for The Wolverine, the movie, director Darren Aronofsky told the Australian actor to really beef it up in order to match the comic book character's more massive look. Yeah. So, what's he going to do? Packing all many calories. That's what Jackman's doing right now to prepare for his role in X-Men Origins for X-Men Origins Wolverine sequel. He's packing in 6,000 calories a day. Jesus. To add more gosh. muscle to his six-foot-tall, 210-pound frame. I've heard he works out like a maniac. Too. You have to with that much calories in you. Yeah. My God. He admits to finding it rather difficult. Quote, I'm staying on it right now, mate. Already doing it. It's about 6,000 calories a day. It's rough. Uh... The actor further explained why he's uh, undertaking the immense diet. Darren said with the last one, Hey, you look great, but you're so tall that those long shots make you look like Clint Eastwood, and that's not Wolverine. He said that uh, Wolverine in the comics is powerful, stocky, you know, he's short, he's thick. So he said, I want you to go there. Get bigger. And Jackman also adds, He's thick. It's chunky and it's powerful. I always think of Mike Tyson when he first came across the scene. Sometimes he was a full foot shorter than his opponents, and bent over with his massive build. There's real power. You said bulldog, and that's exactly, exactly it. That's what I'm going for. And if I have a massive heart attack first, well, you could tell everyone what I was going for. 
Thank you, you Hugh Jackman, yeah. for coming yeah. yeah. That was, that was That's true. Yeah. I like that. Instead of copping out and saying, well, this is a reinterpretation of Wolverine. Bullshit. Well, it was always Come my issue with, with Hugh Jackman as the Wolverine. He was just too tall. Too tall, too skinny. Yeah. Wasn't, yeah. So, wasn't the right Logan look. So, hey, Aronofsky. Uh, I, oh, I yeah. love that he's in the director chair of this one now. Yep. Oh, and uh, Warner Brothers and CBS Films are joining forces to adapt Stephen King's novel The Stand for a future release. The studios and producers will sit down with writers and directors in the coming weeks in an attempt to find the right take on the material. One thing to be determined is to whether to attempt the adaptation in one or multiple movies. King will be involved in some capacity. I would think it has to be multiple. Guy a jean jacket? Well, let's not forget, they did a six-hour miniseries and they still had to cut shit from that. Uh-huh. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> it was late. so best of luck fitting that into multiple movies, much less one. The right. miniseries was lame. Well, it was good for what they had. It's it's they did what they could with what they had with a with a TV miniseries budget. It wasn't that bad, and I'm a big fan of the material. So jean suits and mullets. That's well, what I remember from that. Well, it was it was that's kind of the one character. One guy had the jean yeah suit and the mullet, but that's <laughs> described in the book. So so the, there the, you the, go. The Barry. jeans and jean jacket. That was that was uh, Randall Flag from the beginning. Yeah. And going on with uh, Stephen King movie news, Ron Howard has decided who he wants to play the gunslinger in his movie-slash-TV juggernaut. Deadline is reporting that Javier Bardem, the guy that played the heavy in No Country for Old Men, Mm. was offered the role, but that the Oscar winner hasn't said yes yet. Hmm. He'd be a solid fit for what Howard has described as his Lord of the Rings. The plan would be for Bardem to star in all three films and the first season of the TV series. Another actor would star in the second season playing a younger version of Roland Deschamps. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> I I liked uh, when they were talking about Viggo Mortensen. I did too, but after seeing him in No Country for Old Men, he's, that, that look, he's got a good look for the gunslinger. And he's a good actor. I think that's, that's actually a fine choice. Uh, Viggo would be great too. He's Viggo, of course. Mm-hmm. But You are like the buzzing of flies. Exactly. <laughs> That was for you, Greg. <clears throat> and in an interview with the BBC, our director at Visceral Games and co-creator of the Dead Space franchise, Ian Milham, has stated that the studios have had a lot of internal discussions regarding the ideas for a live-action film based on the third-person horror shooter. He added the developer would love to have such a film made, but he did indicate it that they did not want wish to develop just a cheap cash-in, but rather do something more worthwhile. So there is a possible Dead Space movie in the future that isn't animated. I thought it was already optioned to, to be a live-action film. Not to my knowledge. Hmm. But they do so, have an animation of it, right? Yeah, they have two yeah, animated yeah. movies. Yeah. So with the new one released, they did kind of like a prequel uh, animated thing. It's out there now. I don't know what it's called. Dead Space something. Dead Space... <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Love that show. So this one will be by Yui Bo. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 no! Invoke his name. Ugh. <laughs> oh. How dare you, sir? Proud Razzie winner. <laughs> God. And that's it for the geek news, so that can only leave us with the big list. The big oh, list. Oh, first, though, uh, get well soon, Peter Jackson. Yes, he, uh, stomach ulcer, Peter. Emergency surgery over the weekend. Holy Toledo, really? Yeah. Um, I love how they put it in the article I read. They said, further delaying the Hobbit Um movie and i was like really that that's where you're gonna go yeah why you not? know not not you know he he's doing fine he's recovering 
and you know it was unexpected surgery they're just going to go right to the hole further to, you know they said peter jackson had emergency surgery over the weekend further delaying the hobbit movie There's fanboys out there going, get I'm off your like, ass and get to work <laughs> yeah, really. this movie already <laughs> walk it off <clears throat> anyway get well yeah, soon God, peter jackson stomach all, soon. all right and for my music cue purposes big list right here Yay. All right, this is something we put together. We talked about this after the show last week because, as tends to happen with these shows, when we're done recording, we continue talking about shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we should just keep recording. For like an hour. Yeah. yeah. So, well, there's something that we always talk about, at least I always say Hollywood is doing it wrong. Right. And instead of just rehashing old shit, they just need to make the stuff that worked before versus other stuff that has worked before. Yes. <clears throat> so. And uh, so what we've done is we start talking about uh, versus movies, you know, Jason versus Freddy, Frankenstein versus the Wolfman, and so on. How how these can work? Uh, Alien versus Predator, don't, even though that's not yeah. a good idea. Right, good one. It can't be fun. <laughs> we tried, we, was good. We, yeah, we started thinking about what the most crazy versus movies we could think of, and so we decided this week for our big list, we are going to pitch those ideas to us, uh, this roundtable here, and to you out there. So we brought uh, each two movie pitches, all right? And so we'll go around in, in a circle, and uh, we'll just give out the pitch, and then whether you like it, whether you don't, let us know. What's your favorite? <laughs> That's what I want to know, because then we make we can bankroll this. Yeah. The Ugly Couch Show pictures. Or at I least if, if, if it gets made in the future, we can sue somebody. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was my idea. <laughs> All right. You know what? So for, for the sake of just get, kicking it off, I will start. See you All start. Right. And my ver- first versus movie is uh, Marty, Marty and Doc versus Bartertown, a.k.a. Back to the Future Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, if you will allow me. Where are we, Doc? I don't know, buddy. All right. Here's the pitch. Due to a malfunction, the DeLorean whisks Doc and Marty and a stowaway Biff Tannen, how he fits in the car, I don't know, we'll figure it out later, to a post-apocalyptic hill valley. Renamed Tannen Town after its warlord Uncle Biffity, town <laughs> ruffians seize the vehicle, but Uncle Biffity steps in, saves the trio from certain bludgeoning death in exchange for the car. Doc and Marty are caught, up, caught as they try to steal the car back. All right. Doc spins the wheel of doom and is sent into the desert tied to a horse, i.e. certain death. Marty and Biff are sent to work in the pig shit factory. <laughs> they attempt to escape but are caught and forced to fight one another in Thunderdome. But after much hemming and hawing, frustrations of old resurface and they start to beat the shit out of each other. Biff bests Marty, but realizes that he is not bad enough to kill in cold blood and refuses to finish him. Master Blaster is sent in to finish them both. Doc comes flying in on a Transavia PL-12 air truck, the airplane used in the Thunderdome movie, with an army of Goonies rejects who cause mass chaos. (laughs) Doc frees Marty and Biff. They go once again to get the DeLorean to find out it has been scrapped since it doesn't run on gasoline. They save the discarded flux capacitor and time circuits, affix them to the air truck, making 88 miles per hour breeze, and return home. Seeing what his future offspring becomes, Biff swears to become a better citizen, thus changing the future, while Doc reveals his intent to build a better, more responsible time machine, which then sends them back to a medieval past to fight the Deadites. (laughs) 
Oh my god! No. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, nice. nice. Yeah, I watched go. that film. Totally. Yeah, you <laughs> created a whole franchise out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Another yeah. three movie series. Totally. Right. Yeah. See, we could we could bankroll this. You even brought Ash mm-hmm. in there. I knew you were going to bring Ash into this. Of course, just going to be in it. Nice. <laughs> so who uh, who's pitching next? Oh, I'll take it. All right, go. All right, yes. go, just Michael. Give me I, I, I don't pitch. have Jesus. I don't have as much as you did. That's all right. That was, that was no, it's fine. Pitch, windy. Pitch as right. you will. I have Captain Crunch versus <laughs> Lucky the Leprechaun. <laughs> yes. Jealous, <laughs> jealous of Ahab's whale, the Quaker captain pursues the most elusive of all creatures, the Leprechaun. With Crunchberry Cannons versus Marshmallow Magic, oh, which no. Breakfast Delight will Wait, come out ahead. Say that line again. <laughs> say that line one more time. That was I the goal of the whole thing. Yeah. Crunchberry Cannons versus Marshmallow Magic. Hell oh, yes. God. That's the tagline. That sounds like a collectible card game. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. Wow. I'll take so that. So what you have to do when like, shit, I, I don't have anything. You open the... You open the you open the pantry and oh, there it is! That's what I'm doing. And that and that ends with Captain Crunch with marshmallows, and everyone wins. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, nice. The winner, nice. it's you. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's going next, guys? Okay, I'll bang out one. So you have. Time travel is the theme for this particular one. Okay. So we're going to... You've had yours. Now Come on, have elevator mine. pitch. Elevator <laughs> pitch? All right. Bill and Ted versus Doctor Who. Ooh. Ooh, Ooh yeah. Ooh. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Phone box versus wow. phone box. Yes. Oh, Bill nice. and Ted bumble through time, messing up history. Doctor Who, parallel traveling through time, keeps running into all of these crazy, mixed-up spots in history and he doesn't understand what's going on so he keeps traveling trying to fight, figure out the root of what's going on and he runs into bill and ted who have obviously are not the smartest you know people in the world not the brightest bulbs in the batch screwing up history because they're trying to do another th- this is pre the second you know okay. bogus journey okay you know, One, they're trying to do 1. another 5. report they're doing another another history report like it so They've been traveling through history, taking people out, but in you know, in their lack of foresight, they're screwing up the future. So Doctor Who sweeps in, doing as he always does, come in and fix things. And there's your movie. I like this. That's a nice. I one. think that's a fun that's idea. That's a nice. One. I like it. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what? Keanu Reeves apparently has been talking about because we talked about that before. Talking yes. about a new one. Yeah. They should roll with this uh, pitch. Yeah. They should just go. roll with this. Which Doctor? Which not? That's an excellent question. Now, if you're going, Ten. Uh, you see, this it, this could go a couple of different ways. Um, you know, I, I know I seem to be the most versed on the the previous doctors in the room here, but if you're talking about you know a truly '80s Bill and Ted, oh, you could go with say the fourth Doctor, the Tom Baker Doctor. Hell yeah! Because he choice. was Good he choice. was pretty bumbly as well as being brilliant. A little lazy so, guy too. And being yeah. that it's time travel, yeah. why just go with one doctor? Exactly. I was well, just thinking yeah. that. You, like, yeah. you know, Ooh. rotate through a few doctors. Yeah. You could you could have a couple of different doctors in there. I mean Especially since the, the Bill and Ted are messing with history. Right. Right. In one moment you've got one doctor and then it becomes another doctor after traveling through time. Well yeah, and they've or, they've shown on this in the series that he, you know, 
can flip from doctor to doctor and then parallel realities, yada, yada, yada. Or at the the end, all this trouble has all these doctors coming into one spot, thus really fucking with Doctor Who history, uh, yeah. and Bill and Ted actually save that from happening, thus being the actual heroes. Well, the, the doctors are only supposed to not really to try. There's, there's supposedly not supposed to interact with themselves. Exactly. But, but they've what they done do the crossover film several times. Yeah. I mean, the five doctors, it. three yeah. doctors, etc. No. On rare mm-hmm. occasions, they're allowed to, you know, nice. fix up something majorly screwed up. So, all right, that's nice. I like we this. learn that that Keanu is Doctor Who. Ooh. No, 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 no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> now he's Doctor. Whoa, whoa, Ooh, Doctor. Whoa. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just created a new franchise. All right, I'm next, I guess. Okay. I like team-ups. Remember, like, Marvel team-ups? Oh, yeah. 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 So I came up with a team-up. Okay. Conan and Aragorn, together. Hmm. Conan the Sumerian, the man who makes his destiny versus Richard Cipher, destiny's child wanting to be a man. Oh, Lord help us. Aragorn, son of Arathorn, a man who meets his destiny versus Aragon, a boy destined to be a bestseller. <laughs> Conan and Aragon are kicking back in the Silver Eeled Tavern. Conan quaffing wine while Aragorn puffs on pipeweed, talking about their days killing favored enemies in deep, dark, forbidding forests. The next round is on Conan, and he realizes he's out of silver. Asking Aragorn to buy, Conan makes his way to the home of a group of morally unclear pacifists who owe him money. Enraged to find that Richard Cipher slaughtered the pacifists in their sleep, Conan seeks out the bearer of the Sword of Truth, only to recoil in disgust when he finally finds Cipher in a well-appointed tower, masturbating furiously while being spanked by Catwoman and Emma Frost. <laughs> what, what, what the, is this a dream you had? Conan notes that civilization is decadent. Richard retorts, all men are stupid. Emma and Catwoman agree. Emma asks Richard if he'd like any lube. Richard proudly <laughs> declares a free man, quote, polishes his sword, unquote, dry. <laughs> Conan then splits Richard's empty head like a melon, shakes the gore off his sword with a sulfurous oath. He crushes Catwoman and Emma in his arms, showing them a whole new way of life. Barbarism must always ultimately triumph. Aragorn kills Aragon because... He hangs out with dragons, you fucking moron. <laughs> Hello, dragons, evil. I love how that stayed true to philosophy of all three characters. Thank you. I tried. I did try. And that was creepily close to Slash Flick. <laughs> it really creepily. was. It really was. What the hell? Definitely skirted the edges there. That's the type of movie you watch for that one scene and then you just... Walk away from the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> which scene is that? Cypher. Oh, by the way, my cast. Um, oh, oh, he's oh, cast in the okay. thing. Okay. Yeah, Conan. Oh, wow. Conan. Carl Urban. Okay. You really? Go, you go really? Into, go into two towers, pull off the blonde wig, and you've got a lot of Conan in Aomer in two towers. I'm telling you. Okay. Carl Urban. If 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 Jackman can bulk himself up, so can Carl Urban. Yeah, that's a fine point. Just try I, hard yeah. enough. Carl Urban is a fantastic actor, and so I, I man, say he's yeah. got the look. He's exactly what Conan looks like: black hair, blue eyes, the Sumerian look. All right. Aragorn, of course, Vig. Yeah. It's his. Yeah. He owns it. 
All right. Uh, Aragon, and one of those kids from Glee. Um, <laughs> Catwoman, I personally am always biased, so I'm going to go with Scarlett Johansson. All right. Emma Frost, I'm open to suggestions for, you know, Emma Frost. Barry. The girl from Comic-Con? <laughs> with, with the beanie. Yeah, Barry with the beanie. The beanie. And or then the Richard Cipher, Harvey Keitel. <laughs> <laughs> That leaves you, Barry. What you got? Okay. Uh, well, mine requires some CG, and I didn't cast it, except for one guy. <laughs> That's all right. Um, except for one guy? Except for one guy who, who, who will be reprising his role from an earlier film. Okay. Care Bear Centipede. Oh, no! <laughs> no! Oh God. Hear me out! Oh, oh God. I am so ready. Here's the pitch. The Care Bear stare is frightening. In the human centipede, Dr. Heiter, starring, you know, uh, played by Dieter Laser, okay. died. Self-inflicted gunshot wound. Okay. Or did he? At that very same moment, a portal opened in the room where he died, and it just happened to be a portal to Care Bear Land. It's random. Hell, that's how the kids got to Care Bear Land in the first place in, the, good in point. the movies. And so the Care Bears are ready. Out jumps Love a Lot Bear, Bedtime Bear, Wish Bear, and Good Luck Bear. That's right, four of them. Oh, God. See, it's like the Mach 3. Yeah. Four of them. Um, <laughs> and they said, oh, look at this guy. He needs some love. And Wish Bears wishes that he gets better real soon. And Love a Lot Bear gives him a great big Love a Lot hug. And Dr. Heiter comes to life. What happened? Oh. <laughs> Bears. I love that you're acting it out. And uh, he offers them a drink. Would you like a drink? And he come, brings them to his kitchen. They say, yes, we love a drink. How about a hug? I feel funny. <laughs> I feel a little sleepy. Clunk. Next scene. All the bears are in bed. Dr. Laser is there explaining what he's going to make his little care bear centipede. Except instead of three, there's going to be four. Now, of course, Good Luck Bear has the good luck to be the head of the centipede. <laughs> uh, Wish Bear is the the, uh, the middle, All the right. first middle, and uh, Love a Lot Bear is the uh, I, I love is that the, you've is placed the third these. one. Yes, I'm, I'm placing these because Love a Lot he sure loves eating <laughs> everything else that's coming out of the other bears. And then Bedtime Bear <laughs> is at the last because ah. Uh, all this shit eating is making me sleepy. <laughs> now see, here's the thing. They won't probably die like humans will because the Care Bears eat like clouds and shit rainbows. Well, they're full of stuffing, aren't they? Yeah, and rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> this could go anywhere. Oh I think that's God. your tagline too. Yeah. You make me rainbows. Well, the tagline is happiness evolves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious as to what would happen when they execute the Care Bear stare. Well, one mm. is staring at the other one is staring at the other one, so I don't I don't I don't know. <laughs> like they just like uh, the things shoot off their chest and hit the ground and then they all get torn apart by the you uh, know Well they shouldn't they should learn not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really want to build one of these now. A care bear centipede? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, that this is a, this is a now could be a project for me. Photoshop it, Barry. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> I will not use my powers for evil. Come on, Barry. No. What do you mean you won't use your powers for evil? You do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> you lying sack of shit. Wear the beanie while you're doing it. <laughs> is this the beanie of evil with the Guitar Hero thing on it? All right, we got a time for a quick uh, second round, if you're ready, guys. Yes, I am. Go. And uh, my uh, second one is Jason versus Degrassi Junior High. Oh, God. <laughs> That's right. a much Please needed Jason one. Wins. Picture, if you will. The band, Zit Remedy, is losing their bassist due to failing grades, so he won't be able to go to the school dance, but he makes a deal with his parents to go anyway. Steph is looking forward to making her class presidential speech at the dance, a title she won by whoring herself out to the boys. Wheels looks forward to buying a porno tape from Joey at the dance. Pregnant Spike lifts her head high, and no matter what the other kids say about her, she's going to go to the dance. Rick was caught cheating, and part of his punishment is having to work at the dance. Vula lies to her strict parents, telling them that she has after-school activities when she actually plans on sneaking off to the dance. And Jason Voorhees' dead mother whispers in his ear to kill every motherfucker at that dance. (laughs) Maybe the students will become less self-absorbed when they learn what a real crisis is. The 1987 Degrassi Junior High Spring Dance has only one lesson, survival. (laughs) And then, of course, it has the sequel, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, the Degrassi generation. Yes, it does. Or Nightmare (laughs) Nightmare on Degrassi Street. There's another good one for you. Lord. Yeah. Todd, you want to leave him home when you go out for your pitches. What's that? You want to leave Jeff home when you go out for your pitches. (laughs) All right, gentlemen, any others you want to share? All right, I've got uh, Kiss versus Cobra. Oh, man. Really? What? Cobra Commander (laughs) approaches Gene Simmons to integrate Cobra's mind mind control technology with the band's popular music. (laughs) The band puts out a lot of music. You've got got that whole the Kiss following. You get mindless followers. Yeah. Well, there's marketing money on the table, so how can Dr. Love resist? And hey, they've got the Kiss Army. Well, the two having a falling out when the commander requests that Simmons split his tongue to fit with the whole snake motif. Ah, yes, yes. Well, Gene, Paul Stanley, Ace Frehley, and Peter Chris, the original, they reunite to command the Kiss Army versus the Cobra Forces. I like this. I I would read this comic book. (laughs) Hey, listen. listen. I don't know if I'd watch the movie, but I'd read the comic book. Yeah. Use your star power, star child. If IDW can throw zombies at G.I. Joe, they can throw Kiss at them, too. Okay. And Kiss has an army. Yes. There you go. Kiss has. unforked tongue. What's next, gentlemen? Anybody else got another? I got one. Oh, yeah. I think we all do. Yeah. Yeah. Go go ahead. Me? Okay. All right. This is one I don't think Barry will watch. James Whale. Director of Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and Baz Luhrmann are locked in a bidding war to direct Harvey Firestein's Dumbledore and He-Man masters of their own universe. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Paul, 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 watch this. Whale loses when word gets out he planned on Boris Koloff as He-Man. Oh! The following day, Paul Mattingly shows up on Luhrmann's doorstep. 
in a leather thong and an old Hannah Montana wig to audition for the role of He-Man, if you know what I mean. Crushed to discover Lerman is hetero with a wife and two kids, Mattingly goes off to make his own version on YouTube featuring Jelly as Dumbledore. Oh my God. Oh my God, no. Winner. All right, yes. genius <laughs> casting of Paul. Somewhere uh, Paul is having a boner right now. He's like, why are my pants suddenly getting so tight? Uh, He's not even listening. He it's just, not just even happening. happening. It just, it's just happening. You like, just, you just did I don't ugly, understand what's going on here. Ugly couch show the movie. <laughs> I'm glad we're not in this one. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, it's down to you two. What do you got, guys? Uh, um, you want to go, Barry, or go, shall I? Go ahead. All right. Well, so I was kind of torn with the, this, the next one here because, uh, you know, I, I was going back to my childhood and thinking of, you know, back when uh, I was really into to planes, I, I had that whole, uh, you know, Airwolf versus Blue Thunder thing. But uh, as I was... Uh, as I was going down the list of things that I like and what I'd like to see mashed up... This is how you do I, a pitch? Yes. <laughs> I can't. I, I I came to to one that I thought I would have been the really elevator. fun. All right, all right. What what is it? The Master Chief from Halo. All right. Versus the world of Bioshock. Interesting. Go on. Well, we already know that you know, the the cities survived into the future, and, and it, you know, they'd been lost for several decades. Okay. Well. Say uh, one of those cities, either the air or the undersea one, survives into the future. Splicers are continuing to evolve. During one of the battles with the Covenant, the Master Chief stumbles across one of these cities and discovers the plasmids and has to battle his way out of the city. And the Covenant find the Master Chief. So the Master Chief not only has to battle his way out of the city, he also has to battle the Covenant using his newly found plasmid powers. All right. As well as his superior weapon skills. It's, it's Halo what? with powers. Yes. I don't know if I'd I know it's that not movie. that different from the actual Bioshock game, but it's it depends. What uh, what uh, political or philosophical theory is this city based on? Ooh, that's an excellent question. I'll have to explore that some. They more. should do absurdism. Absurdism. <laughs> oh, I got it. Cubism. <laughs> Master Chief versus Cube? No, oh, there you go. All right. There you go. Okay. Bring the final it on, one, Barry. Barry. Lunch. <laughs> yeah, bring it up. Bring it up a notch, Barry. Six strangers with nothing in common. Oh lord. They seem to need to stay alive. So far. Breakfast Club versus Jigsaw. Oh bless you. <laughs> bless the nerd, you. the jock, the princess, the dropout, the outlaw, and the creepy weekend janitor. Bless you in the face. <laughs> they all find that uh, Principal Vernon. Dead, and the doors are locked in the library when they got the tension again. And then a mysterious voice comes on the on the TV that they thought was unplugged. We're gonna play a little game. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to stay alive, you must follow my instructions exactly. Of course, you know, nerd freaks out. Outlaw screams. Princess hides under her desk. Outcast is like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> She's fucking Ali Sheedy. Um, and uh, they go about the day out trying to outwit uh, Jigsaw's nefarious 
homework puzzles or whatever, <laughs> whatever one can do in a library. And they have to dig the key out from the guts of uh, Principal Vernon. And uh, the uh, there's a mysterious janitor who's like watching them. And of course, it's not Jigsaw in the end, but Vernon's alive, and it was him all along. I, I love this. I love nice. Saw <laughs> cast with with, with the Breakfast Club. Club. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. I would see that film. That would, I would that, see that film too. That would totally change the letter Brian writes at the end. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who would live? Only one person can live at the end of this. Who would uh, live? It, it, it would, Principal Vernon. Yeah. Everyone would yeah, suspect everyone, the janitor. Right. But it, the everyone else would dude. be dead or maimed. <clears throat> Interesting. I like it. Who nice. had the best chance of survival, though? Of all that, I mean, Brian wouldn't. Uh, of course, Bender would be one of the first ones to go. Princess would go. Yeah. So oh, you'd also have to cast the guy who plays Jigsaw as the janitor. Tobin Throw Bell, yeah. Off. Tobin Bell would be great as the like his, his brother or something. Yeah, we yeah, really yeah. wanted to get at. It would be Ali Sheedy. She would survive. Yeah, of, if anybody would survive, it would be her. Yeah. Escape, yeah. I think she, she right. would escape the trap with, through uh, ingenious use of dandruff. Because <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to give credit where credits due. Uh, my friend Kalen from work mm-hmm. helped me out with this, so thank you, Kalen. Thank you, Kalen, because yeah, that's that's fantastic. That awesome. Kalen, you got a bright future in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Because that movie is all about labels, but all those labels and horror movies are the ones that get killed except for the outsider who always survives. So yeah, yeah. it actually continues on the same goddamn theme. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, love it. Love That's it. It's a story love structure. <laughs> Sorry, I watched Red Letter Media no, again yesterday. Right. Right. So, that, was, that was actually a really a good protagonist. one. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, so. Uh, oh, I think that one actually gets my vote for favorite. Yeah, I, love that I like one. that one. I, I really do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, how about you out there? What do you think was your favorite, or do you have a better one? Write to us in the comments section on our webpage or comments at uglycountshow.com. And uh, well, that's it for this show. I am Master Torgo. I am Dr. Lord. 80s Jeff. Commander K. And just Michael. And we'll talk to you next week. We'll have more fun in Geekland. Ooh, I want to throw one more out, just a title. Go. Wall Street 3, Nerds Never Sleep. It's about the Trilambs versus Gordon Gekko. Oh, I like it. Nice. Trilambs. <laughs> nice. Avenger the Nerds. That was it. Just the, that's the elevator pitch. More do you need. Yeah. Of course, the Ugly Couch Show movie. Hey, what the heck? I think Paul and Commander K already <laughs> wrote that one. <laughs>